Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Lisa Stump, Senior Vice President and Interim CIO at Yale New Haven Health System. In this segment, Stump talks about the unique skill set required for predictive analytics that is forcing CIOs to think outside the box, why she believes it's critical to keep the CISO role pristine and focused on security alone, and the true measure of success when it comes to patient engagement initiatives. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvada, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at Improvada.com. As far as uh, some of the, the analytic tools, it seems like this was kind of a, a, a priority like right out of the gate. Can you just talk about some of the, the work with data warehousing and, and how the analytics are being used? Sure. The data and analytics is, you know, one of the top priorities for us as an organization. So, you know, both from support for uh, individual patient care to managing populations of patients and population health. Uh, and then we are, you know, a large academic medical center, and so research uh, is a key priority as well. Um, and then healthcare is a business. And the data and analytics support uh, appropriate business decisions. And so the focus on um, the, the data and analytics has been strong really from the get-go, but I would say has accelerated you know, in the last two to three years uh, and continuing to do so. Like most healthcare organizations, you know, I would say the better part of the last decade, the focus has been on implementing uh, you know, EMR and other systems, consolidating systems. Uh, I think we are finally at the point we've got all the tools in place to collect the data and create the data. Now turning that into usable information I think is the exciting challenge uh, for all of us. And uh, you know, again, that ranges from the area of precision medicine uh, where we, down to an individual patient's genetic makeup and their DNA, have the ability to target appropriate therapies or avoid therapies that might you know, have a negative impact based on uh, a patient's genetic makeup, uh, out to the ability to analyze data on populations of patients that allow us to better predict a patient who is likely to have an adverse health outcome, uh, and ideally we can start to use the data to help prevent that. So we're working on some exciting um, algorithms in you know, areas ranging from oncology to orthopedics um, and even some operational ones. You know, just in a big, busy academic center, we, we want to be as efficient as we can be. And so even just capacity planning and uh, looking at the volume of visits in various locations and how we can better manage that patient flow. Uh, allows us to make the care more efficient, more user-friendly for our customers and patients um, and, and respond to the demand. So it's a pretty exciting time uh, around the analytics. And, you know, again, it's that balance of tools that are presented to clinicians at the point of decision-making for that individual patient uh, all the way out to um, both uh, retrospective analysis that allows us to predict trends uh, and intervene going forward. So, you know, a lot of time and energy around building our team. Uh, it's really a different set of skills as well uh, than I think we've traditionally had um, in a typical, you know, hospital or health system IT department. So much more focus on, um, you know, data architects and data scientists uh, who can help transform what is really 
reams of data uh, or you know, petabytes, terabytes of data uh, into meaningful information uh, is a new skill set uh, that I think is going to be in high demand for some time. Yeah, that, that's really interesting that um, as everything evolves so quickly that, that it is a different skill set to look for. And I can imagine that, that it can be a challenging thing to stay on top of. It is, you know, and I think the traditional mindset, you know, again, particularly in sort of health systems is, you know, your IT department is for the most part uh, hired and maintained uh, within the organization. And I think for certain skill sets, we are going to be reliant on collaborating um, with vendor partners, uh, industry. Uh, certainly we have a unique advantage uh, being an academic medical center um, with the, the talent that exists within the university in those areas, but it is driving a, a lot more collaboration than the traditional hire, uh, you know, an IT analyst uh, to do the work. And so I think we're going to continue to see that evolve. But we are exploring uh, and tapping those relationships much more than we ever have, both the industry collaboration as well as the, the university collaboration. It's very interesting. And it will be uh, intriguing to see if um, some of the, the education components change too, just to, to really get more specific and into these, uh, those skills areas. Oh, absolutely. And then I think you know, the other really interesting, if not fascinating, almost scary aspect uh, is the, the, the area of machine learning. Again, we analyze lots of data, we create an algorithm, but you want that algorithm to evolve and get smarter. Uh, and so as new data comes in, the algorithms are you know, able to be modified. Um, and that, that machine learning, I think, is a really fascinating area uh, that will have great benefits for healthcare. Yeah, I think that, that it is definitely interesting. And um, I think we're starting to see some organizations dip their toes into it. but. Uh, that could definitely change in the next year or so. Absolutely. So of course when we're talking about all this data, there's that, that, that huge uh, question of, of keeping it safe, keeping it secure, and uh, you know, dealing with that risk. And can you just talk a little mm -hmm. bit about, about your strategy there? Yeah, you know, it's another area where I would say um, it's a growing area um, for you know, career opportunity and, and skill set development. It is important, I think, again, to, to strike that balance. Um, we, are, we are charged both with keeping all of that data secure, but at the same time making the data available to support research, making data available to patients um, in, a, in a way that is transparent and easily accessible. Um, and those goals are sometimes at odds with each other. And I think having uh, a talented security team who can balance that through traditional means around you know, firewalls and, and geo-blocking, but it, it's also uh, a little bit of art in, in terms of striking that balance. And uh, it takes a really good partnership. Uh, you know, I rely heavily as a CIO on my Chief Medical Information Officer to really have the clinical and research perspective, and then the Chief Information Security Officer who really is guarding all of that data. Um, and, and striking that balance really takes discussion and collaboration and partnership uh, amongst those players. We also recognize probably our biggest risk as a healthcare organization, or, or many organizations, some of the biggest risk to the security of the data is our own employees, and not because they're ill-intended or trying to cause harm, but they often don't realize the, the power of the data that they sit on. 
uh, and interact with every day. And so our efforts also include you know, education for staff. We conduct our own um, fishing attempts internally. Um, you know, we unwittingly entice employees uh, to click on links they shouldn't or you know, provide their passwords. Uh, and that allows us to then you know, give very focused intervention and education where, where, where needed. So it's, it's a lot to balance, but um, it yeah. takes, I think, all of those approaches. Right. You've had a, a chief information security officer in place for a little while. We have. Um, you know, I would say it's probably been at least eight years uh, that we've had a chief information security officer. And you know, again, that role reporting uh, directly to the CIO. And I, I try to keep that role very clean. Those folks are often, and, and mine is, very talented IT background, could do lots of other things within my organization, could manage applications, could manage technologies. But I really keep that role pristine and focused really just on the security so that he is unbiased and objective and um, can give the advice that we need and the perspective. Yeah. Sure. I'm sure that there's, there's quite enough to keep busy with that, <laughs> that role alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Now I wanted to, uh, to talk a little bit about patient engagement or uh, you know, c consumerism, whatever you want to call it, but um, mm -hmm. really uh, w how the organization is looking to, to engage more with patients. And, and I had read about the initiative where tablets are being used to, to complete digital surveys and, and using analytics to really you know, get, get through to these results quicker uh -huh. to uh, you know, improve the experience. So yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Over the last year, the, the areas of consumerism and consumer analytics and, and patient engagement um, have been probably one of the more fast-moving uh, areas where we've had a lot of demand from, uh, from patients and consumers themselves as well as our clinicians uh, to bring them tools that would help in those areas. So, um, that's an area as well where we are sort of collaborating uh, at a new level with some startup companies and some you know, tried and true trusted vendor partners uh, to really collaborate around what those tools need to be. The fast pace has been a bit of a double-edged sword. You know, I think there's the great potential where we're bringing new tools into use. But at the same time, there's that potential to, to overwhelm with you know, multiple applications and, and really create a confusing sort of approach for our patients and consumers. And so uh, we're really trying to strike that balance between the right features and functions and tools, but presenting it in a way that is as seamless and coordinated as we can. Um, and so that's where I think we still have a bit of work to do. But product that you referenced, uh, the HUM product, I think is, has been a good example of that. So that was a product that originated in the restaurant industry. Um, and one of our clinicians you know, came across it, um, actually, I think while he was out to dinner, uh, came back with the idea that it would be great to leverage that technology to get real-time feedback from our patients and families so that we could intervene in real time rather than you know, trying to respond to months-old data through traditional you know, post-discharge surveys, as an example. So uh, we've been working with that vendor for a little over a year now, you know, working out the workflow aspect. You know, how do you present the tablet to the patient? When do you do that? What's the right staff member to do that? There's always concern around sort of over-surveying patients, and so we want to ask just the right number of questions that get us meaningful information without 
overwhelming them. And then the data is only good if someone's looking at it and using it. And so the analytics around HUM have been key, and the ability to present that visibly on the patient care units as our nurses are doing their hourly rounds and as our executives are doing their rounds, um, you know, having that data readily available and visible uh, has been a big win. So you know, we've seen on some of our patient care units, their Prescani scores and HCAP scores uh, have materially improved uh, through the use of that tool. So you know, this is one area where I think um, the, the tool was important, the technology was important, but the culture around seeing and responding to the data I think was key. Uh, when we first started, I think uh, you know, our clinicians viewed it as they sometimes can, that the technology was one more thing that they needed to do. Um, or respond to, and when we really focused them on the power of improving the patient's experience, it flipped into now we have sort of a waiting list of patient care units that are asking when they could have the technology, uh, which is exactly the problem we want to have. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com podcast.